Hello there, everyone. Welcome to Digital Nomad Mastery, the podcast and the video cast where we teach you how to make money while traveling the world. And uh, I actually have on here the my good buddy, Tom Abbott. Uh, he's a friend of mine from Vancouver, BC, Canada. I've actually interviewed him about fatherhood on my Daddy Blogger TV uh, interview series. And now I'm interviewing him about his life as an expat in Singapore, his life as a speaker, and uh, you know how he can make income while traveling and, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, basically traveling with his family. So that's amazing. He's actually uh, currently back in Vancouver where his family is uh, on a short little mini vacation. Then he's back to Singapore. So uh, I have the joy and pleasure to interview Tom, uh, my friend, and uh, you know, uh, uh, amazing speaker. And as I found <laughs> out, he's a CSP. So Tom, what is a CSP? And tell us a little bit more about yourself. Hey, Ricky, uh, thanks for having me back. It's a real pleasure to be here on this podcast. It was great to chat with you um, on your, 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 your daddy's podcast a, a few years ago when I was a new dad, and now I'm a father of two, so my second one is here. And uh, just thrilled to be here talking about you know digital nomads. I mean, I love that topic. So I'm just happy to share what I can about my experience as a professional speaker uh, traveling the world uh, to speak to organizations. So happy to do that. What does CSP stand for? So a CSP uh, stands for Certified Speaking Professional. And that is the highest level of certification a professional speaker can get on the planet. And it really comes from, you know, five to 10 years. I've been in the speaking business for about 15 years, but it comes with, you know, five to 10 or more years as a professional speaker. Um, you know, logging in the hours, the blood, sweat, and tears, meeting some income criteria, meeting some criteria in terms of how long you've been in the business, how many clients you serve, the sizes of your audience. I mean, I've spoken in, I guess, uh, every year I hit about, you know, 12 different countries around the world, uh, 12 to 15. And, you know, I've spoken to audiences as large as over 10,000 people. So that just kind of gives you an indication of, you know, what the professional speaking business is about. And uh, only about 1.5% of speakers worldwide hold the CSP designation. So it's something that uh, um, those of us who have it are quite proud of. Yeah, you know, uh, that is amazing. Out of the literally uh, thousands, if not millions of speakers, only <laughs> 1.5% of them actually have that designation. So congratulations. Thanks, Ricky. <laughs> So Tom, uh, you know, I'd love to start at the beginning. Uh, ever uh, since you're a wee lad, uh, walk us through, firstly, your nationality, your ethnicity, and uh, your journey uh, through life uh, to Singapore in about a couple minutes. <laughs> oh, sure. Okay, I'll give you the condensed version. You know, it's really cool. I've been following your travels, you know, your journey as a digital nomad, and I know you were recently in Trinidad and Tobago. So when we talk about my ethnicity, uh, I was born in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. My father was also born in Ontario, and my mother was born in uh, Tunapuna, near Port of Spain in Trinidad. So I'm half Trinidadian and half uh, Canadian, uh, born and raised in, in Canada, moved to Vancouver when I was about eight years old, and I've lived uh, here for most of my life, let's say 30 years. Now, about eight years ago, my wife and I uh, moved to Singapore. Uh, on business that you know I can share that whole story uh, another time but we essentially moved to Singapore on business she had an opportunity with her work uh, so we moved there and she pursued that and then I thought I'd give it a go with my speaking and training business and see if things could take off in Singapore 
uh, and the rest is history. So, I mean, things went very well. We've been there for the last eight years. Uh, my wife has since left that company that she was previously employed with, and she's been working with me in my speaking and training business for the last uh, six or seven years. And in that time, we've become, um, uh, some would say, the best sales training company in, in, in Singapore. We just won an award with Human Resources Magazine, uh, the silver in both Singapore and Hong Kong, as best sales training provider. So we're super thrilled about that as well. Awesome, you know, what a journey. Uh, and yes, uh, I was in Trinidad and Tobago just uh, <laughs> three weeks ago. Uh, we uh, were, uh, I'll tell you a little bit of the story there, how we got there. Uh, we were in Brazil and then we went to Paraguay and in uh, Argentina and then we went up to the Northeast. Uh, we were in French Guyana, Suriname and Guyana. And our original plan was to go from Guyana overland to Venezuela and to Colombia, just focus on South America. Mm. But because of the political situation in Venezuela right now, we actually couldn't go into Venezuela for safety reasons, obviously, for kids and stuff. So uh, we chose not to go to Venezuela and instead look for cheap flight out of Guyana. And lo and behold, Trinidad and Tobago <laughs> is only like about $100 to fly into from uh, Guyana, Georgetown. Awesome. Uh, and uh, we actually flew into Trinidad and Tobago. And uh, from there, we actually flew uh, to Colombia, where, where I'm right now, Medellin. Right on. But I absolutely, I absolutely love Trinidad and Tobago. I just want to uh, quickly acknowledge that. It pretty is cool. Pretty chill. Yeah, it is such an amazing island, twin island uh, country. Uh, you know, the Trinidadians are super, 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 super friendly, <laughs> kind, generous. Uh, the landscape is gorgeous, like Maracas Bay, uh, you know, near Port of Spain is one of the most beautiful beaches I've seen in my life. Uh, sure is. Oh, it's such a spectacular scenery. So I'm a big advocate of your, uh, you know, your country. Uh, your yeah, country. I know you're Canadian, but, uh, you know, yeah. kind of your ethnic group. My homeland, my birth, my, yeah, yeah. Have you, uh, did you take a glass bottom boat from Trini to uh, Tobago? Uh, we did take a boat. It wasn't glass bottom. It was a ferry. It was the, the national ferry. Well, if ever you go back, Ricky, you got to take the glass bottom boat because then it takes you over the coral reef. And then you can actually get out and you're like in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean and you can stand up and the water's only up to your waist. It's a really cool experience. Well, you know, I didn't even know you could do that option in terms of crossing from one island to the other. Um, you know, I knew you could fly. And uh, we actually firstly took the national ferry uh, between the two islands. Mm -hmm. And then on the way back, we actually uh, flew. Um, but we missed the glass bottom boat between the two islands. So too bad. <laughs> next time. Next time, next time. It gives me a reason to go back. There you yeah, go. Yeah, man. Uh, so, um, you know, uh, I'm interested in that journey, actually, about the journey from uh, Vancouver to Singapore. You touched on it a little bit. You mm. said something about your wife went there. Uh, tell us about why Singapore in terms of why uh, did you choose to go there, but also why did you stay there? Because as a speaker, you could pretty much uh, base yourself anywhere in the world yeah. and it would be lucrative, uh, but you've chosen Singapore as your home base. Yeah, so let me, let me share about that. I'll go a bit deeper. So our, our, our choice of moving to Singapore was really by chance. Um, you know, uh, about eight years ago, we were here in our, our um, um, my in-law's home in Coquitlam, which is a suburb of Vancouver. So we were in Coquitlam having a barbecue in the summer, as we often do, and we had some friends from all over, as we often do, and some good friends of ours, Joe and Irene, who are from Singapore but were visiting us in uh, Vancouver, uh, we're at the barbecue, and I remember Irene said something to my wife, Elaine, about um, there being a job opportunity at an architectural design firm in Singapore. So at the time, if you remember, Ricky, in like 2007, 2008, um, the economy was slowing down. So construction and all that was slowing down. So there was a real struggle. Um, but things were booming still in Asia. 
particularly in Singapore with uh, this Resorts World Sentosa project, which was a big integrated resort with casinos and entertainment, the whole thing. So um, Irene mentioned that there was an opportunity for her to work. She put in a resume, long story short, boom, she gets offered a job and we look at each other and go, I guess, I guess we're going to Singapore. So our plan was that she would go to Singapore first, try it out for a month. If she doesn't like it, come home, but at least you tried. If you do like it, then I'll join you and see if I can get my business off the ground. Um, and then fortunately, things really took off for, for me. Uh, about one year after I touched down in Singapore, things started really picking up and, and I actually needed to hire someone to assist me. And then Elaine and I had this conversation and you know, lo and behold, uh, she left her previous job and she's been working with me ever since. We've been partners in the business. She handles all the operations, the finance, the marketing, the admin, the operations. And I handle all the front-facing stuff, the content creation, the delivery, and the business development. So it's a, it's a great, um, great pairing we have. And uh, tell us why, you, uh, why you're still in Singapore. I mean, um, uh, is there something you like about the country or the geographic location? Everything. Yeah, tell us. Tell Everything, us. Ricky. It's an awesome place. Now, let me just, I, I, I can notice my battery is at about 4%. So if I can just, like, plug in. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to do that. I'm going to talk while you do that, Tom. Go ahead. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, so, by the way, uh, we're actually in Colombia, and uh, we're actually heading from Colombia down to Ecuador, and then we're heading down to uh, from Ecuador into Peru to see Machu Picchu, and then from there we're heading to Bolivia to see the famous salt flats, and then from there down to Chile and in uh, Argentina. Uh, so, Tom and me, we actually know each other from Vancouver, BC, Canada. Tom's actually spoken at my YVR Dad's event. Um, so, I. Uh, for those of you who don't know who listen to, my, listen to our podcast, is uh, back in Vancouver, BC, Canada, I was an event producer. I, I would put on uh, big events, uh, everything from one day, two day, three day, uh, mega conferences with multiple speakers. It was a lot of work. That's why I might have some gray hair, hair here. Uh, but uh, I also put on these smaller events uh, under the YVR branding. So I used to run YVR bloggers, YVR foodies, YVR dads, uh, YVR authors, YVR entrepreneurs, uh, YVR communities. Um, and one of the groups is why we are dads. So uh, obviously Tom and me, we're both passionate about the subject of fatherhood and family. So uh, Tom was able to come there and we were able to meet up. And we yeah, actually cool, are, are authors too. So we yeah. ended up creating books. That's I have a book about cool. fatherhood. Uh, Tom has a book about uh, sales. Uh, two books actually now. Oh yeah, now you have two, right? Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, I was just giving them a backstory, Tom. So uh, cool. yeah, finish what you're saying about Singapore. Uh, yeah, why? You know Singapore so much. Why Singapore? So, you know, we moved by chance. You could say that I moved there for love, just to follow my wife, who at the time, she was just my girlfriend. But uh, I knew that, uh, you know, there was something there as far as a relationship. So it was important for us to, to go together and to be together. And then we just got lucky, to be quite honest, Ricky. It, uh, we had no idea what opportunities would be available in Singapore. We didn't know um, how ripe the market was. We didn't know what the competitive, you know, what the landscape was in terms of the market and who some of the players are. Uh, we just really took a chance and, you know, established ourselves um, very strongly there. You know, we, we deliver sales training programs to, you know, large SMEs, which are small and medium enterprises and uh, multinationals that um, have an HQ uh, somewhere in, in Asia, whether it's in Singapore or Hong Kong, which are the two major um, um, uh, cities where you'll, you'll find most regional headquarters for, for companies. So we just got, we got lucky and a little bit of hard work and uh, we've really carved out our place. You know, if you were to do a quick Google search on sales training Singapore or sales training Asia or sales speaker Singapore, uh, we're fortunate to really dominate that first page. So 
we've got a very strong presence there. We work hard. Uh, we understand what's going on in the region. And Singapore is great because it's a, it's a hub. So I'm able to hit about 10 to 12 countries a year from Singapore as a home base. So I regularly will speak in Oh, sounds like Theo's up. <laughs> you know, I'll regularly speak in you know Singapore, Indonesia, Malaysia, Hong Kong, Thailand, uh, Myanmar, uh, Brunei. I've gone up to Dubai, uh, Mumbai, <laughs> some other eyes, I'm sure. You know, so um, all over the place, all over the place. And uh, it's go just ahead. a great, a great hub. By the way, go ahead and get your son. No worries, and I'll keep talking about uh, my speaking career. <laughs> well, it looks like my wife and my other son have just come home. Okay, there you go. Uh, <laughs> the gang's uh, all here. Yeah, you know, uh, for me, I've actually been uh, speaking as well quite a bit in Vancouver. I haven't really got up to the uh, professional paid speaker level yet. I'm spe uh, I speak at different conferences, so some of the big ones are uh, Social Media Camp. Uh, it's the biggest social media conference in Canada. I've spoken at an Internet Mar uh, Canada Internet Marketing Conference, the biggest Internet Marketing Conference in um, Canada. And, uh, yeah, I'm looking to get into more paid speaking, so it's uh, definitely a, a joy to uh, interview a fellow speaker uh, who's obviously a lot um a lot further down the line uh in his speaking career and i know i know a lot of people who might be listening they want to actually get into paid professional speaking so maybe you can walk us through that journey for yourself tom in terms of uh how did you start from a free speaker which i think speakers do to transition to paid one and now like you're a csp so yeah yeah i'm 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 happy to oh hold on Hey, buddy, daddy's on the phone with his friend. So can you tell mommy about Theo? Because I'm on the phone with my friend, pal. Mom. Oh, hi, Theo. <laughs> you better come, come, Theo, come to the interview and say hi. <laughs> oh, I think mommy's got them. <laughs> um, you know, my journey, uh, to, you know, as a professional speaker started, you know, like, like most, you know, just, oh, here's Theo. You want to come and say hi to my friend, Ricky? Oh, and this is Theo. Say hi. Hi. Hello, Theo. Hi. This is How Theodore. Are you? you have a good nap, buddy? Yeah, bye. Yeah, bye. Okay. Okay, now go see Liam now. Mama. Bye. Bye, Theo. Bye, we Theo. Guest appearance from. <laughs> yeah, you've had two of them. That's awesome. Two cameos. Yeah, two cameos. Awesome. So, you know, my journey to becoming a professional speaker is a lot like, like most. You know, you, you have this kind of calling, this passion, this interest in a topic. I've always loved people. I've always loved business and sales and marketing, um, small business. So I've always had that passion. I've always loved, you know, professional speaking. So for me, it was just a normal thing to try to get in front of people. And you know what's so funny is I was looking through some old photos and I saw some, some photos of my very first speaking engagement at the Body Soul Spirit Expo in Vancouver in like 1999 or 2000 or something. It was just crazy. And I looked at those pictures and in the hall, there were only about, uh, I think 15 people in my talk, you know? But at the time it was like, yes, you know, I've, I've made it. There are people here who wanna hear what I have to say. You know, it was just so exciting. And I've gone from like 15 people to like 15,000, right? Which is insane. Um, but, but that first talk, I remember at the Body Soul Spirit Expo, I had a slot there. And then later that day, they approached me and they said, hey, Tom, one of the speakers is pulled out. Can, can, you, can you speak again? And I was like, I'd love to. And then the following day, one of the speakers pulled out. I'm like, what's going on here? And I got a third opportunity to speak. So that was really cool. I really got to kind of practice my craft more and more. 
And you know, you start off like that, Ricky. You start off with these free gigs and you're just trying to get some airtime, some FaceTime, some visibility, kind of refine your craft and practice. I mean, you only get better as a speaker by speaking. There's no fast track to it. You've got to get out in front of an audience and try some material and content and, and hone your craft. And then it's useful to join an association of professional speakers. So if you're in Canada, you join CAPS. If you're in Vancouver, it's CAPS Vancouver BC chapter. Um, you know, if you're in the States, it's NSA, the National Speakers Association. For me in Singapore, I'm the president of Asia Professional Speakers Singapore. So you just want to get connected with your, your local speaking association and just get connected, learn about the business, network with people, find out best practices, and actually practice. So as time goes on, you know, you just start getting a lot better and more confident, and then you start picking your topic and you start getting known for that. So that's you know really the, the path of a speaker. Uh, you know, uh, we're doing guest appearances by kids today on the show. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, Tom's uh, had an appearance by his. Uh, there's my uh, eldest daughter, Rianne. And hey, Rianne. The podcast, make sure you watch the video version so you can see what it's like as life as a dad and doing business. Uh, this is blogger daddies, man. Yeah, you know, you have kids jumping on you, asking you questions, crying. And you don't even skip a beat. <laughs> it is tough. It is tough, but it's a joy too. Well, you know, we do what we got to do. You know, um, if we were to talk about like uh, a podcast on work-life balance, I mean, Elaine and I really um, epitomize that. You know, we we work a lot from home in Singapore. Plus, we have an office outside of our home, uh, one of those Regis, you know, serviced offices. And we so we so Elaine has an actual office there, and then I kind of hot desk on the counter, which I love because I'm a very mobile kind of guy. And Liam, who's our four-year-old, his school is actually in that office building. And, and we chose that for that reason, you know? And we always ride our bikes to work, and we take the kids on our bikes, so it's, it's super cool. Hey, Liam, I was just talking about you. Say hi to Ricky. Yeah, how's hi. It going? Hello. Where do, you, where do you go to school? Um, I go to school. Um, you know in Singapore? Do we ride our bikes to school? Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool, it's right? Canada or Singapore better? Oh, Ricky's asking, do you like Singapore or do you like uh, Vancouver better? Um, I think I like um, Singapore because there's lots of toys in Singapore. Oh, there's lots of toys in Singapore, so he likes it a bit better. What is your favorite country in the world, Liam? Oh, what's your favorite country in the world? But I think I can't hear him. Oh, you can't hear him, right? That's why I'm just kind of translating. Okay, pal. Hey, have you been with me? Have you been wanna stay? Disneyland? Or do you want to see Mama? Oh, oh, now he's shy. <laughs> I was asking if you've taken him to Disneyland yet. Uh, no, no. In fact, I was at a convention in Orlando, Florida, uh, last week or the week before last. It was uh, uh, the NSA Influence National Speakers Association influenced their annual uh, speakers convention. About fifteen hundred speakers from mostly around the U.S., but some from around the world, like myself. And uh, that was in Orlando, Florida, so I had an opportunity to hit up a couple of the theme parks there, Epcot and uh, uh, Hollywood Studios, so that was pretty cool. You're definitely going to have to plan a family trip to, uh, to Hong Kong to maybe see Hong Kong Disneyland. or Yes, I think there's one in Shanghai too, isn't there? Yeah, there's a, there's a, right now I think there's a Tokyo, Paris, uh, Hong Kong, Shanghai, California, wow. and Florida. And then there's so one I think when the boys are just a little bit older, maybe a couple more years or so, we'll definitely take them. Uh, we also bought a condo in Malaysia. Oh. Um, and and like about five minutes from that condo is um, Legoland. 
Oh yeah, Legoland's amazing. Uh, I took our kids there when we were in Dubai. Nice, man. Uh, so getting back to, uh, you know, uh, from daddy duty to entrepreneurship and business and professional. <laughs> uh, so you, you mentioned, uh, for example, uh, if you want to become a paid professional speaker, you join associations. Uh, you know, joining associations is one thing, but uh, actually landing paid speaking gigs is a whole other thing. Obviously, you're ahead of the game here. You've done it for, uh, uh, you, know, uh, you know, a decade plus now. But uh, walk us through those formative years and how did you get actually your first few paid speaking gigs. I think our listeners and viewers would really love to hear that. Mm. So I think, uh, you know, the, the way you do it is when you do, and, and, and here's some fun terminology. So um, I don't refer to them as, as free engagements. I refer to them as no fee engagements. So when you think about free, a lot of people associate low value or low quality with free, right? But when you start talking about no fee, then you're, you're able to have a different conversation with your clients. You can say, look, I'm willing to waive my fee on this occasion, but this is what I want in exchange. So maybe you want to make sure that you can get um, access to the mailing list, or you want to make sure that you can have some marketing materials or collaterals there. Maybe you want to be able to have back of the room sales. And in fact, we can post a link later on, but if you go on asiaspeakers.org um, and just search for my profile, we'll post a link somewhere in here. I wrote an article on um, how to negotiate with a zero speaker budget. So this will be great for anybody who isn't at the stage yet where they can you know, charge a fee or maybe they're dealing with a client that genuinely, genuinely doesn't have a budget for speakers, but what can you negotiate instead? So there's always things you wanna make sure that you're also getting value um, for speaking. It's not enough for people to say, oh, well, you know, you'll get some visibility. Well, you have to leverage that visibility either through getting the mailing list or having your collaterals out there or back of the room sales or having maybe an opt-in page on your slides where, you know, they can opt in and you can capture their email addresses through a giveaway or something. Uh, but you need to be able to leverage this. And, and, and the, the plan is, uh, I heard this from an old friend of mine. He said, if you don't get two or three people coming up to you at the end of your talk to say, hey, well done, that was awesome, I wanna book you for you know, uh, something in-house, you need to improve your talk. So it's always a work in progress. You wanna make sure that for those no-fee engagements, you're at least getting some really solid leads and inquiries to paying engagements. So you wanna make sure that you're speaking to a large number of your ideal target customer and that there are potential economic buyers in the room. It doesn't help you to speak to, you know, for no fee if there are people there that would never engage you. And it's not enough to say, oh, well, they might refer you to someone else. But if it's, you know, two, three, four, five, six degrees of separation, it's not going to help you. You want to make sure that there's a large number of prospective buyers in that audience so that even though you're speaking now for no fee, uh, you can absolutely follow up with those attendees and say, hey, you've heard me speak at you know, a Rotary or a Chamber or BNI or wherever. Um, now let's talk about how I could do something like this tailored to your organization. So that's how you slowly start building from no fee to a fee speaker. That is rock solid advice. I love it. I love it. Uh, because, uh, yeah, typically, uh, you know, companies might not have a budget to pay you, uh, but maybe they can give you a free hotel room or maybe they can uh, uh, give you a rental car or some other perks or, uh, you know, sending out your products to their email list. 
right. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then obviously, like things like back of the room sales and, um, you know, obviously prom self promotion of what you do. Um, so, do you find um, you, uh, you can promote yourself uh, and your sales no matter what? Or are they sometimes where you just speak and you don't promote whatsoever? Well, I guess the, the, the rule of thumb is this. Um, you know, if, if someone's engaging me at full fee to speak, um, it's like pure value for the client, right? It's 100% pure value, and there's, there's no selling from the stage. I mean, that to me is like the cardinal rule. Um, if someone's paying you to speak to their audience, um, you've got to deliver value. Um, so selling from the stage is not cool. So you definitely wouldn't want to say, hey, if you really like this and sign up for my program and blah, blah, blah. They've just paid you, you know, um, a healthy sum to deliver pure content and value. Um, if you do have something that genuinely would be a value to them, um, sure, make the offer, but you've really got to be very selective and sensitive around how you do that. And it really has to be positioned as, you know, something that will really uh, be of use to them. If, however, you're speaking for no fee, um, well then, you know, I don't want to say all bets are off, but, but there has to be a win-win here, right? So, you know, if you're dealing with an event organizer and they don't have a budget or are not willing to pay you a speaker fee, uh, you need to be able to negotiate. And you have to do this in advance, though, right? You can't just show up and then all of a sudden you're selling from the platform and they're like, whoa, what's with that pitch? Um, so you have to be very, you know, clear, clearly defined objectives right from the beginning um, you know, what the terms are and what you can and cannot do from the stage uh, and manage the expectations of the audience. You know, you can even, you know, ask the organizer to kind of prime the audience, let's say, and say, you know, hey, at the end of this talk, uh, Ricky's going to share some great stuff. And I think he's got a great program that he'll probably tell you a little bit about at the end of his session, right? So that way you're not the salesperson, but, you know, someone with credibility has kind of done that for you. So that's really nice. Uh, so there's ways around it, but at the end of the day, um, you know, the, the rule of thumb is, you know, the, the more they pay you, the less you sell from the stage. <laughs> so speaking of them paying you, uh, what is a rough ballpark? By uh, how do you calculate how much you charge? Um, you know, uh, some speakers obviously getting tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands. You know, the Anthony Robbins of the world, the Brendan Burchards, the Gary Vaynerchuk's, uh, and then obviously uh, starting out maybe five hundred to thousand and up. Uh, tell us about uh, how do you actually set the price point? Yeah, it's tricky. You know, I also wrote a blog post on that, so I'm also happy to share that link uh, below as well. You know, in my role as president of Asia Professional Speaker Singapore, I want to help uh, you know aspiring speakers uh, get better, and that's a common question, Ricky. Is like, how do I know what to charge? So, you know, typically a new speaker uh, will will speak for no fee, uh, just to try to get some experience and practice and some traction and whatnot. Um, and then that next level of kind of beginner speaker would be anywhere from, let's say, 500 bucks to, you know, maybe $1,000 to speak. And, you know, that, that's really for a, a new speaker, inexperienced speaker, just really kind of getting their feet wet. And they're kind of like a jack of all trades. You know, when I first started speaking like 15 years ago, um, if you asked me to speak on time management, I'm your guy. If you asked me to speak on, uh, uh, you know, uh, Work-life balance, boom, I can do it. You know? <laughs> like you just want to speak and you know, you're more of a generalist. But as you progress and as you want to make more money, 
you'll find that clients really want to hire specialists, not generalists. So as you really start to find your niche in your market, you start to zero in on a particular topic that's really passionate to you and that you have some expertise in. So for me, that's where you know I really started maybe 10 years ago zeroing in on sales as being you know my core topic. And that's all I speak on is sales, sales leadership, and social selling which is you know, the topic of two of my, my books. So just to be really focused. So you also have to be Googleable, right? So are you the answer to a question, right? Are you the answer to a question? So if someone's typing in sales trainer Singapore, I'm coming up, but no one's just typing in speaker Singapore, you'll get a million people come up. So you wanna dominate Google. Um, so in order to do that, you have to have keywords that are being searched and it's gotta be something that is really um, consistent with what you do, right? So you got you got no fee people. You got your five hundred to a thousand. You got maybe your your two to two to two to four or five is you know a, a bit more experience, some intermediate. Uh, then you start getting into the the five to ten range, which would be people that have been in the business and are very well known in a certain domain. They've got a, a, a um, expertise in a certain subject area like myself, you know, whether it's sales or marketing or negotiation or whatever, uh, but they are known as the go-to person in their field and are, you know them when you find them, right? Uh, those people will be, you know, maybe, you know, five to $10,000 per engagement. Um, beyond 10, so once you start looking at, you know, 15 or 20, what you're looking at there are more what we would call celebrity speakers. So these are not what we would call, let's say, professional in the sense that they are subject matter experts, but are, for example, celebrities. So if you want a Malcolm Gladwell to speak at your event, it doesn't even matter if he's you know, a, a great speaker or not, it's Malcolm Gladwell. If you want Gary Vaynerchuk to speak at your event, it's gonna cost you. you know? um, and, and then you know, some, some industry types too that are very, very well known, you're going to have to pay for the name. Oh, come and say hi. You're, you're going to have to pay uh, for the name. And, and the rationale is that uh, they are a draw for your event. So let's say if you had a, okay, quiet, you can come, but you got to hush. So, I mean, if you wanted, um, you, you know, a celebrity. <laughs> nice. <laughs> if you wanted a celebrity to come speak at your event, um, it's going to cost you because they will bring people to that event. They are a draw, right? So they can charge more. They can charge maybe $50,000 or $100,000. And then maybe at that level, they might even say, you know what, just put that as a donation to something else. In fact, I remember I spoke at, a, at an engagement in Kuala Lumpur um, about a year and a half ago. And I, I waived my speaking fee and, and just asked them to make a charitable contribution to uh, the Parkinson's Disease Association of um, Malaysia, just in honor of my dad, who had who had just passed away about two months earlier. So, um, you know, there's just things that you can do uh, with with your feet. You did a great job of summarizing that. Uh, uh, you know, that's one of the best summaries I've heard. <laughs> you know, oh. about the, the different levels and uh, the different type of speakers. Uh, so you have actually become a subject matter expert, uh, as you said, in uh, the area of speaking, uh, sorry, sorry, selling and uh, social selling, um, sales, etc. So, uh, do you have uh, maybe three to five different uh, keynote speeches uh, that you pretty much deliver every single time, or walk us through the actual subject matter of the speeches? Yeah, so, the, I mean, the short answer is yes. So w when you get to a certain level, 
Um, so our business is, is unique in that we're, we're about 50% is keynote speaking uh, uh, and 50% is training. So our, our company is kind of in, in two dimensions. So one is, is professional speaking where companies will engage me to come in and do a, a motivational sales keynote. Um, you know, let's, so for example, uh, Prudential Indonesia, you know, 12,000 people, they're all financial agents and they need like the rah-rah to kind of kick off the year. So that's where I come in, right? A big audience, boom, it's like rock star. It's amazing, right? Um, and then um, I'll also get engaged by companies to have me come in and deliver either a one, two, or a three-day sales training program for their sales team. It could be B2B or B2C, account managers, you know, what, whatever, but it's a team of salespeople from anywhere between five to 50 people. And that's a sales training program. So the reason why I'm sharing that, Ricky, is because as part of the sales training program, we've created curriculum. So we, we have designed a program to train salespeople. So I don't just talk about sales, but we can actually train them. And we've come up with a seven pillar program. Each of those seven pillars, everything from uh, attitude advantage, management mastery, um, uh, prospecting power, differentiation dominance, uh, presentation perfection, sustainable selling, and social selling. Those are our seven pillars of our SoCo selling methodology. I can then, depending on the needs of the client, deliver a customized keynote based on one of those seven pillars. So I essentially have like seven keynotes. A keynote that's around motivation, like boom the rah-rah. I've got a keynote around you know, how to prospect and, and you know, hunt for business. I've got a keynote around how to stand apart from the competition, a keynote around how to present more effectively, a keynote around how to build long-term relationships with customers, a keynote around um, um, how to use social selling. You know, social media is a lead gen and a lead conversion tool, so you really craft keynotes based on your areas of expertise, right? Oh, Theo's not happy with that. That was the right answer, Theo. There you go. That's what I do, buddy. <laughs> uh, so you're an expert. You've written two books about the subject, social selling. Uh, obviously, uh, people on social media all the time nowadays, and your customer is going to be on Facebook no matter what business you're in. So how can you actually take them from a follower, like on a fan page or on a Facebook group, to actually making them into a paid client? Yeah, so, so the, the key is around we call that the lead generation stage. So that's the prospecting. So in my book, Social Selling, it's the three P's of social selling. Prospect, position, and present. So with prospecting, if you're posting on a Facebook page, uh, what you wanna do is you wanna get that conversation off social as soon as possible and get them from Facebook to your database. Because when you're on Facebook, I mean, it's great to have a Facebook presence and to engage in the community on Facebook. I love that. The only difference is you don't own that page. You're renting it from Mark Zuckerberg. And he can raise the rent, he can kick you out, he can change the terms, uh, you know, the, 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 the tenancy agreement anytime he wants because he owns that page. But you own your CRM, you own your website, you own your database. So what I encourage people to do is to try to engage on social, but then through opt-ins, try to get people off and to capture their email addresses uh, for lack of a better term, you know, capture just sounds so like argh, Game of Thrones. But, you know, you definitely want to capture their email addresses and move the conversation from the social platform to your CRM platform. That way you can communicate with them, share with them, market to them 
whenever you want at the push of a button. Studies show time and time again that the engagement level, the open rates of emails far exceeds anything on social. I mean, on a Facebook page, people are only going to see maybe 2% of your audience are going to see your post. But when I send out an email, I can get you know double digits, maybe 20% or more will open the email at a given time. Um, and then still be double digits of you know click-throughs, right? So I mean, there's really no comparison there. So you've written two books on the subject. What are the books then? What are the themes and topics about the books? Yeah. So thanks, Ricky. My first book was the Soho Solution: Twenty-One Selling Strategies for Growing Your Small Business. I wrote that book. Um, this is what I needed when I first started my business about 17 years ago, was how to grow a small business and how to sell, right? I mean, everybody thinks that they're, oh, I'm a blogger, or I'm a coach, oh, I'm a, a chiropractor. Well, no, you're not. You're in, you're in a chiropractic business. You're a blogging business. You're in a speaking business. You don't have customers. You're out of business. We're all in sales. You have to learn how to sell. So I wrote that book for small business owners that really struggled around, you know, how do I sell? So it was to help them to stop struggling and start selling. So that was book number one. That came out in 2011, I think, and it's also available on Amazon as a physical book and as a Kindle, and on our website, socoselling.com. And then my second book, which came out in 2015, was Social Selling, 10 Essential Strategies to Prospect, Position, and Present using social media. And uh, that was written for um, small business owners, sales professionals, um, insurance guys, real estate agents that really need to get better at using social media as a lead generation and a lead conversion tool. And that's also available on Amazon as a book and as a Kindle and on our website as well. Well, thanks for all of those words of wisdom and any of you. Uh, you know, you've been uh, definitely inspirational in terms of uh, me as a potential paid speaker. I always kind of laugh about it because uh, it's something I've wanted to do, but I haven't pursued it enough. And I know if I pursued it, I'd actually be there already. So you definitely have inspired me to do something. Uh, you know, uh, to end off here, a uh, final question is, uh, uh, where do you see your future? You're based in Singapore, you travel around the world, you're a paid speaker, published author, a dad of two, happily married. Uh, you know, uh, tell me what do you want to do uh, in terms of life, business, and travel? Yeah, I mean, that's awesome. I mean, just to share, this has been really a, uh, a major year for us. You know, I got my CSP designation in May. We got the silver for best sales training company in Singapore and Hong Kong um, in, uh, I think, December of. 2016, um, it's just really been a great year. So it's sort of like, you know, what what's next for us? So there, there's two, two, two things um, in the pipeline. So one is we're going to be launching our online sales training program next month. So this is going to be an online program at Soco Academy. It's an online sales academy where everything that we've done over the last 15 years, we've synthesized, we've put it together and created an online program. And there's over 60 videos, uh, lectures, downloadable PDFs, we've got quizzes, um, certificates, badges, there's an online forum, a chat room, it's amazing. It's everything that a sales professional needs, or a business owner, to get sales training and sales tips from their mobile phone or from their desktop. Uh, it's just, again, it's something that I think every salesperson needs and wants and finally it's here and we're going to be launching it next month that's number one and then number two i was just telling my wife elaine the other day 
Um, the next big challenge for me will be delivering a, um, a sales keynote in the French language. I'm, I'm bilingual, um, but, I, I, but uh, you know, I don't really have the opportunity to speak French as much as I would like, and that for me would be a real career highlight, would be to speak in either France or Belgium um, and be able to deliver one of my keynotes from start to finish in French. So that's, that's one of my goals for 2017, 2018. And uh, what about your bucket list items? We haven't talked too much about travel, and on the show we obviously focus on that as well. Any uh, particular cities, countries, continents, uh, destinations that you really want to see as a family? You know, um, I think Europe would be, um, as far as a continent that I would love to visit. Uh, we went to Rome for the Italian Open about four years ago, which was awesome. Um, you know, we, we went to, to Roma, we went to uh, uh, Ferenza, uh, we went to Toscana, which was super, super cool. Uh, but that was just Rome. I mean, Europe is massive. So we've pretty much done almost every country in Asia, with the exception of uh, Taiwan and... Um, uh, Korea, uh, south and north, but not too interested north. But um, uh, you know, so Korea and Taiwan are the only two places really that um, we haven't visited. Uh, but Europe would be amazing. So if we could tie in a European vacation with with me speaking in either Belgium or France, uh, that would be that would definitely be bucket list stuff, Ricky. Well, I, I wish you the best. I mean, there are a few different French-speaking areas there. There's, I guess, uh, Switzerland as well. Yeah. Uh, it's French-speaking, then obviously France, Belgium. I think Luxembourg as well. Okay. Okay, cool. So I got four countries I could hit up. <laughs> there you go. Uh, so definitely wish you the best in getting those uh, speaking engagements. Uh, and also, there's obviously Africa, so a few French-speaking places there as uh, well. Oui. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. Cool. Actually, here wow. in South America. I'm, uh, you know, I was in French Guyana, and that's actually French speaking too, and cool. it's part, technically part of the European Union here in South America. Okay, cool. And I think Benin is Benin also French. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm maybe. not sure. Yeah, but there's a Cote d'Ivoire. I mean, there's there's quite a few countries in Africa that are French speaking. So that's true. So I'll do Europe first, and then I'll hit up Africa. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Uh, so, uh, you know, to end off here, Tom, uh, you've been, a, a, as I mentioned earlier, super inspiring just to me as a, a listener here. And I know, Ian, if no one else ever listens to this podcast or video, I've gained. So thanks for that, Tom. Awesome. Hey, my pleasure, man. And keep, uh, up, so the good, keep up the good work too, Ricky. I love what you're doing. You know, you, you are living, I mean, you're very authentic. You're doing your thing. You're living your dream. You're, you're showing the world who you are. And I just love it from YVR dads to, to the bloggers. I mean, everything you're doing is, uh, is top notch. So keep up the good work. Uh, thank you. Thank you for those kind words too. Yeah, daddyblogger.com is my big passion, fatherhood and family. Uh, you know, obviously travel uh, as we're doing now, uh, digital nomad mastery and, uh, you yeah. know, just inspiring people to make money online and so they can travel and you know obviously speaking is a great way to see the world and uh, you know it's great to have you on we've interviewed james taylor as well i think you were at his conference right yeah, yeah yeah i know james i spoke on a summit uh last month yeah so we had james on we had darren jacqueline on the show and uh, cool. you know we just want to show people that there are a lot of ways that you can actually travel the world and actually uh, make a living and uh, you know obviously what you're doing is a great way of seeing asia soon europe soon africa and yeah. the world <laughs> cool man Okay, so to, to end off here, uh, how can people connect with you if they want to learn about your speaking, if they want to maybe hire you or purchase your books? Yeah, you know, feel free to, uh, to visit uh, socoselling.com, S-O-C-O-S-E-L-L-I-N-G.com, and you can just find me on social media, on, uh, you know, socoselling on every social media platform, or just do a quick Google search, you know, Tom Abbott Sales, and uh, you'll find me. And you didn't actually say what SOCO stands for, so maybe end off there. <laughs> 
Ah, SoCo is the sales optimization company. There you go, the sales optimization company. So uh, thanks again, enjoy your time over there in uh, Vancouver and uh, back in Singapore and in the rest of your speaking career. Cool, thanks a lot, Ricky. Enjoy, enjoy your travels too, man. All right, we'll catch up soon. Uh, so thanks everyone for tuning in to this episode of Digital Nomad Mastery. Uh, we had a great video chat as well, so if you're just listening to us on iTunes, we have the video version on YouTube, so you'll actually be able to see the guest appearances from my kids bouncing around on us. And I'll actually have the link to our interview just about fatherhood. We actually interviewed Tom at his very early stages of fatherhood when he just had one kid who was just like literally, uh, I think, a couple of weeks old or something. Uh, so uh, I'll have the link to that one. And I'll also have the links to the two articles men uh, Tom mentioned. Uh, if you want to get into paid professional speaking. Uh, so thanks everyone for tuning into this episode of Digital Nomad Mastery, the podcast and the videocast where we teach you how to make money while traveling the world.